Welcome to episode 158 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Hey, welcome back to another episode, and I am pretty much wrapped up with another school year. I have a couple of maybe one or two more IEPs that are straggling along and about 10 more progress reports, and then I will be done. But I was looking back today, and I kind of wanted to get um, a wrap-up and some numbers on what my year looked like this year and kind of Ooh. quantify it because, you know, we're, we like our data and things like that. So I have done 440 hours of telepractice this year. My and word. that is that is direct client time, not all of the other <laughs> things I do to make those 440 hours happen. And mm -hmm. um, valuations with 17 students. Mm. So and all completely over telepractice. So it's been a crazy year, probably the most um, telepractice I've ever done during a school year. And it's been some of the most, the widest range of clients, everything from, you know, to students that are getting ready to graduate and we're working on things like job skills to three-year-olds who I'm just trying to get to not run out of the room <laughs> mm -hmm, <laughs> and mm -hmm. everything in between um, AAC that I hadn't done before over telepractice that was a steep learning curve and I hope <laughs> I made some difference and some help and I think I did and just everything in between so here's to the school year and that I survived and all the lessons I've learned and all the people I've worked with and all the students I've worked with. And it's been one of the hardest, but one of the most rewarding. That's great. That's great. It's yeah, that's for over 400 clock hours of yep. just telepractice. That's yep. crazy. Yep. So, that is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was surprising to me <laughs> to add that all up to my word. Yep. Well, you know, I happen to think this week as well that, uh, you know, this is the, as we record this, the end of May, last yep. week of May, last day of May, actually. And you know what that means? It's been three years. It's been three years. <laughs> That's been right. Three years. <laughs> That's right. We started at the end of May three years ago. Yep. Yep. And, That's uh, crazy. So three years of doing this wild and crazy podcast, and yeah. uh, it's been a little wild and a little crazy. So it's been really a lot of fun. So uh, yeah. So thank you for your time and commitment to all of this, and and uh, and um, hopefully we'll have another at least three more years ago. Right. Oh, I can't. I can't believe it's been that long. And just the number of people that I've learned from and tips I've gotten. And I keep saying, we we really hope people are listening. We like that mm -hmm. people are listening, but I feel like even if no one was listening, I would have gained so much out of doing this podcast. And it really has changed the um, teletherapist that I am today by doing this and talking to so many different people. So thank you to all of our mm -hmm. guests that have been on um, and everyone that's helped this grow. Yeah, for sure. And and I'm right with you. I've it has definitely changed my perspective on lots of things and you know, learned so many things from you as well as from our guests. Um it's it's really 
completely changed how I approach telepractice, even though I was, yeah. you know, a fan and, and, and really involved in it before right. we started, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, really expanded my whole perspective on, on yep. so many different things and how to work with different patients and different students. And so it's been a, a real joy and a wonderful learning experience. Yeah. And I'm so glad, you know, 10 years after I was one of your students <laughs> that you you basically emailed me and said, Kim, I have an assignment for you. <laughs> I'm just glad you're and one of the students that still a, talk to me after, right? after 10 years. <laughs> uh, only so. only the best and the brightest, right? That's Do right. That. That's right. Only the best and the brightest uh, <laughs> I stayed in touch with. Yep. Well, um, we do have a returning guest on today. Great. Yes, Stacy Pfaff. Um, I, this is the third time she's been mm -hmm. on, and she is, shares great tips online. She's had some leadership experiences now with doing telepractice, and we always love hearing from her. Yeah, and we did have a rebroadcast of one of her yeah. early episodes a couple of weeks ago, but now yep. she's back for a, a new discussion, so... Looking forward to hearing that. Hi, it's Todd Houston. I'm a co-host of Telepractice Today with my dear friend, Kim Allen. And I just wanted to take a moment and ask you a favor. You see, we at the 3C Digital Media Network, yes, and I am also the CEO of 3C, as we call it, we need you. We need you to maybe develop a webinar that we could distribute for you. Or maybe it's a course that you have in mind that you'd like to share your knowledge and skills. We would want to do that with you. We can help you distribute, produce, and distribute all of those things. We have blogs that you could do. Maybe you want to start in this whole wild world of online publishing and online media, and you want to start with a blog. We would be very happy to host that blog on our website. So if you have some ideas about blogging or a webinar or maybe a course that you'd like to offer or Maybe you have an idea for a totally new podcast. You may not know this, but we actually produce five podcasts, and it's growing. And so, who knows? Maybe you have an idea for a podcast. We would love to talk to you. In fact, I would love to talk to you. I would love to showcase what you're doing, your knowledge and skills, no matter what it might look like. Course, webinar, podcast, blog, doesn't really matter. You can reach out to me at todd at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com. That's T-O-D-D at the number 3, 3C, C as in cat, digitalmedianetwork.com. And I will be in touch. Thank you for considering this, and we'll talk soon. 
Okay, we want to welcome Stacy Faff back to the podcast. Um, is this your third time, I believe? It is my third it time. Is. Yeah, I awesome. I, I, I think you're the first third timer. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't she yeah. might have tied with Stacy Krause. I can't remember. Stacy so, Krause. But but man. in good company. <laughs> Very good company. Our two Stacys. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, awesome. So for those, and we did have your, we aired your, um, another older episode a couple of weeks ago. So this is a nice introduction, I think too. But for those that may have not listened to it or heard you on before, give us a quick rundown of your background and experience. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me again. Um, I love being here with both of you and just having great conversation about telepractice. So I've been a speech therapist since 2004, and I've worked in a variety of settings. Um, I Most of my career have, has been in the schools, um, spent a lot of time doing preschool, spe- um, preschool speech therapy and elementary through high school. Um, a few years ago, gosh, it was probably 2017. The time goes really fast. Um, we moved to Omaha, Nebraska from North Dakota, and I was going to give teletherapy a little try. And then I was determined to go back to the public schools when my son was in kindergarten and be right there with him. And also, you know, I loved the public schools, but I fell into teletherapy and um, I have really, really loved it. It's opened opportunities for me. Um, to explore different service delivery models um, and also just have a new insight as far as what teletherapy can give to to so many who don't have access to services. It also led me to leadership opportunities. I worked as a manager at Pearson Virtual Schools and I'm also transitioned to a new company where I'm a related service manager working remotely we don't do a lot of telepractice, but we do on-site and we're just um, still exploring teletherapy in different ways to kind of bring services to areas that um, we can't get them. So lots have happened with me over the last couple of years, and it's been a really exciting adventure. Awesome. So we were talking last time you were on about some issues around candidacy for telepractice who's so in in your mind what or who makes the best person or student to serve or situation to serve in terms of of telepractice yeah i love that and i i hear this question really really frequently you know who's the ideal candidate and i don't have um the picture perfect candidate because i truly feel that um, all individuals are great candidates candidates for teletherapy, but we really need to look at what the students' needs are mm-hmm. and what um, we can do to support them in the teletherapy session. And that might be providing um, a one-on-one facilitator to sit with the student to support them during their session. It might be providing um, some accommodations if maybe if they have a visual impairment and they need special um, support as far as what their screen looks like um, to kind of over accommodate those needs. And um, so I think my ideal client is all of our students, but the question is, is how can we support them to be fully engaged in their teletherapy setting? 
Right. And what do you think is, um, I think you mentioned two great ones, like someone who needs a one-on-one aid or someone who has vision impairment. I feel like those are two that someone might like automatically assume that they're not going to be a candidate. Are there any others that you kind of feel are like the, I don't know, you want to be the myth buster on that this, <laughs> this, this is not a good um, client and, and how you accommodate for that? Yeah, I frequently hear um, social language is challenging to Mm. uh, support in teletherapy. However, again, um, there's a lot of skills that we can work on in teletherapy by doing social language. I mean, we can still see students in a group setting. We can still kind of work with our kiddos to see what's important to them as far as working on social language. Um, And also with the, the... you know, what we're learning about neurodiversity and neurodiversity affirming approaches, I think that we can easily help our students advocate for themselves and um, support whatever those, those goals are in terms of being neurodivergent and neurodivergent affirming practices in teletherapy sessions. So social language is a big one that I would love to debunk. And I also hear a lot of articulation. So many people feel that you need to provide physical and tactile prompts for articulation skills. And um, that is just, if you think about it, your students are always looking at themselves in a mirror with teletherapy. And I think there's great outcomes for that. You're still using whatever, um, you know, approach you're using for speech sound disorders, it can easily be done um, via telepractice without having to be physically present in the room. And of course, using your aids at the other side of the computer. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't always think of social language as one that someone is like, oh, you can't do that over telepractice. Maybe just because I've been doing it for a while. I have um, one school that that is most of my caseload is because it's a charter school that's kind of has a tech focus. So it attracts a lot of students who are on the spectrum somewhere. And um, and that's like their remaining goals are social goals. I love it as I've used it as an excuse to get rid of eye contact goals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't like those anyways, but oh. <laughs> I'll tell, I'll tell people I was like, well, I can't really work on eye contact very well. It's not appropriate over the computer and it's not a great outcome to work on anyways. <laughs> so if you're needing an excuse, that could be your excuse to get rid of that goal. Um, and I think there's lots of great programs that are easily adapted over telepractice just to um like the peers program that we've had on the um before it has videos and things that were specifically developed for telepractice so there's there's those things out there that they're you know not just especially with a pandemic there it's not just like oh i can adapt this they're now the companies themselves or the providers um of the materials themselves are figuring out how to make it work for telepractice yeah, yeah. I, and we're living in a digital age and a digital world where just everything has a digital component to it. So it's really easy to adapt and use. Yeah, without a doubt. And I also like to think when you're um, talking about, you know, considerations and client considerations for teletherapy, it's always just so important. I can't express this enough that um, Students should not shouldn't ever be automatically disqualified for telepractice based on what their IEP goals are or mm-hmm. the severity of their needs or um, what their goals are. You know, we really need to focus on individualized um, therapy and um, services and look at the student and how we can support them. 
And it's, you know, teletherapy is really not different than in-person services. It is, but it's not, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's equal to, right? Or better than sometimes. Right. And so go ahead. I agree with the articulation students too, that you're kind of giving them not having to give them a cue that you're then going to have to take away with the physical cues with it. And um, yeah, it's something that I've seen a lot of progress with. Every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, I have a hard time hearing that if that S is correct or not. (laughs) But a lot of times if it's like that small of a difference, it's not impacting their intelligibility anyways. And it might be something that we're like, you know, this isn't having an educational impact and not something that we want to work on anyways, but you can see whether their tongue is sticking out for their ass or not. Mm-hmm. So Agreed. that still yeah. works. Yeah, I agree completely with that comment, Kim, for sure. And, and I recently, so, oh, go, oh, go ahead. ahead. No. no, I was going to say talking about that. I recently kind of was playing around in the informed SLP, which I absolutely love for, you know, looking up research and whatnot. And I was curious, just reading some general research on teletherapy. And there was some great studies where they um, looked at the Golden Fristo and they um, administer it synchronously with somebody in person and on um, online. And there weren't any significant differences in how they scored the test when doing teletherapy. So that was really great as well. um, Because sometimes you, you feel like maybe you're hearing things differently or you're questioning it, but that just was really validating to me that that study showed that the the two scores kind of really got the same outcomes, whether it was on the computer or in person. That's great. And that's good to know. And we need more studies like that, I think, to validate what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> There's more coming out, but we definitely need to keep it coming. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. And so how can we use the research to to persuade some of the school districts or other professionals out there that uh, that telepractice is equal to or better than in person. Yeah, uh, I think- and it's not, never less than. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just needing to have those conversations and just really, really encourage them to experience it. You know, if they're on the fence and they have a need and teletherapy is part of that solution, you know, just sharing the research, sharing, you know, your personal experiences with it, having other people share their experiences is always helpful. Um, and just experiencing the outcomes of teletherapy. Yeah, I know, Kim, you've had some, some I have. interesting situations recently. I have. Yeah, this year, especially, I have had a school that I just don't feel like they as much have bought into the value of it. And even in IEP meetings, they'll kind of like say, you know, comments like, oh, this is what we have to do for now. And and I definitely have seen like kids that in an ideal situation, there would be both available. Because I do have those kids that I'm like, this is really hard to serve. Not that it's impossible, but it's really hard to serve them over telepractice. And it might be easier, not better, but easier to serve them in person. And so I, in an ideal world, I think we would have both options and be able to pick which one fits for that student. But in those, those areas where, you know, it, I think it, can 
provide like a, a consistency of providers that you don't have to worry about. Is that provider going to move this next year? And, you know, if the, as long as they're still in somewhere where they're able to provide services, you know, I'm, I've moved in the middle of some of my caseloads and it stayed with the same students and stayed at the same schools. So I think that's an advantage and just like you can be picking a quality of provider rather than just the closest one that was there, (laughs) I think, too. And that's a big advantage for places. So those are some of the things that come to mind for me when I'm like, this this is why we still need to like advocate for it and say that it has a place in our arguments that we have when people just are not on board. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I I definitely realize that there are some barriers, you know, to for district and some challenges that need to be overcome, especially when it comes to having the staff to be the facilitator or yeah. having a, a quiet space to deliver those services. But yeah. I think if you can have an open mind and a really open mindset to those services that we can really work to, to find the best solution for those barriers um and the the most ideal situation yeah and what about uh what i'm reading more and more about lately is sometimes school districts will have an in person they'll have an slp employed by the district or in the school but they still contract with a telepractice company or provider so that it frees up the time of the in person staff member I've seen that before. Yeah. To do certain things. Yeah. I've done that where the in-person SLP was doing all of the evaluations mm -hmm. and then it was online providers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am seeing that more and more as well. Um, I've just heard it of of a few more, more times and it is innovative um, solution. (laughs) Do you think that's going to be a model going forward that more districts might consider? I do. I do think that, you know, if if they have the staff um, and capacity to do so, it might be an option. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Stacy, I think you've done you've done our our um, moments of Zen before, right? I sure have. Yeah. <laughs> Which list did you do before? I I was thinking about that earlier today, and I knew <laughs> what was coming. Listen. I'm going to do the first one because I I really don't think I I picked the first one. You haven't done list A yet. Okay. All right. So, first question is: What is the most used app on your phone? Oh, probably um, Pinterest. <laughs> we just oh. bought a house right now, so and we're in the process of moving. So I've been pinning lots of like ideas. <laughs> oh, cool. So because I remember you've shared a lot of stuff about setting up your home office, and now you're going to have mm-hmm. to do it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but that's okay. I'll give it a, a refresh and a reboot yeah. in my home office. Yeah. Anything new and exciting that you want to put in it for this time? Oh, gosh, I want to have just a better bulletin board. I mean, I'm very digital, but sometimes I feel like I need a space to kind of take my notes and put it right out in front of me um, versus trying to kind of find my bookmarks and whatnot. (laughs) Nice. That's awesome. Uh, What was the last TV show or movie that you streamed? Oh, 
Um, so I am, I enjoy Bridgerton, but I also, mm. it was not part of the Bridgerton series. It was Princess Charlotte, mm-hmm. <laughs> which mm-hmm. is kind of a side bit of it. I, I saw that on Netflix. Watch the books, read the books. But mm. So what's a, what's a favorite book that you have? So, okay. I haven't, I haven't not been reading much lately, but I, when I, when I do read, I love self-help books. So. Mm-hmm. I read, um, there's a local nutritionist, um, out of Omaha. She wrote a book called hard to kill. So it talks about her five pillars of like wellness. Mm -hmm. I think that was probably the, one of the most recent books that I have read. That's awesome. Um, Sounds like it could also be a true crime novel or something like that. (laughs) Might fit, fit your uh, preferences there, Kim. I would open it and think this is not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could create one law or behavior that everyone had to do, what would it be? Oh, I think that just unplugging, um, period, like unplugging from work, from your devices, from your computers, and just take some time to whatever it might be, meditate, go for a walk. but everyone needs like an hour of uninterrupted time for themselves a day. Um, I think it would be really good for your soul. Yeah, I, th- I agree. I, f- I find that harder in working from home that I feel like <laughs> if I was physically removed from the place where I worked, it would be easier to unplug. So you have to, mm-hmm. you know, create more of those mental like, boundaries and separations and i'm out of the office even if it's just that you're down the hall kind of things exactly what would you like oh excuse me who would you like to have dinner with dead or alive Mm, um i would so this is a hard question but i i the first person that came to my mind is my mother-in-law she passed away in 2017 um Mm -hmm. and i would just love to have dinner with her again one evening (laughs) that's awesome what's the scariest thing you've ever done and you can define scary in any way you want sure um i would say uprooting our family from the mid mid the northern midwest i guess from north Mm -hmm. dakota and moving to omaha that was just um definitely a scary time for us, but it was also exciting. We weren't quite mm-hmm. sure um, if we were making the right choice. Um, it sh- certainly has turned out to be a great choice for us, but it was it was scary picking up and moving our family to a, a place where we knew knew nobody when we had three younger younger kiddos and mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, yeah, I've I've done that several times. It's it's never easy. <laughs> No. You you uh, don't do small moves, Todd. It is true. like across the country, you're nothing. <laughs> it's it's very true, very true. Um, what? Excuse me. Uh, let's see. Oh, where is the most exotic or farthest place you've been? Um, Hawaii I, is the furthest that I have traveled to when I was very nice. When was it? Uh, I think um, in college we went there with my family. So. Definitely on my bucket list to get back and bring my kids there mm-hmm. uh, someday. That's nice. I've never been. I've always wanted to go. Yeah. Um, if you didn't choose your current profession, what would you like to try? Photography. I mean, I ah. photography is a hobby of mine. I have mm-hmm. not really been able to indulge in it 
too much because we're really busy. We're in a busy season of life, but I love just capturing pictures and moments and in life. <laughs> Little known fact, my undergrad degree is in photojournalism. Really? It's my first profession. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I love it. Yep. Um, what is a pet peeve that you have? Hmm. Well, let me think. Professionally or personally? I have one for any. Any, <laughs> you can any, do, any you pet can do peeve. Both. Either okay. one. <laughs> well, professionally, um, showing up for an interview in Zoom in your car. <laughs> oh, that's that a good one. <laughs> I mean, At least turn a virtual to... background on or something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that one is hard for me and it has happened several times. So <laughs> so if you're listening and you're, you have an interview coming up with me, show up, not in your right, car. <laughs> find somewhere other than your car. <laughs> and if you, yes. <laughs> so, so, so let me just get to wrap my head around this. So the person is interviewing for a new position with you, your company, yeah. and they're sitting in their car. Correct. <laughs> in the seat of their, yes. Are they at least not driving? They are not driving. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There is a video going around the, yeah. and I'm pretty sure it's satire that it's, it's a joke, but there's someone who was ordering in a drive-thru <laughs> during a job interview. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Kim, you have to send that to me. <laughs> I'm gonna find it. I'll find it and send it yeah, to you. But absolutely. Yep. Yep. Oh my goodness. It's ugh. okay. <laughs> That's a new one. Uh last question. If heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say when you enter the pearly gates? Um, just um, well done, I guess. You did a great job. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I like it. Well, Stacy, you're in that rarefied level now of being in that third, that third visitor, third, third guest level. So we welcome to this new status, kind of like, you know, hosting Saturday Night Live, you know, after five, you get a code or something. Yeah, yeah. So this is, we'll have to send or, you something. Or we can bump you up to co-host too, you know, oh, there's, oh. we have, we have times when one of us is gone and. I'd love to have you on as a co-host as well. Oh my gosh, I would love to do that. Don't hesitate to reach out if you need somebody to fill in and co-host. I would, I would absolutely love that. Um, it's a pleasure meeting with you guys. I, it definitely is a highlight of, of my career and my day mm -hmm. for sure. So oh, thank you. Always, always welcome, and yeah. thank you, thank you for just trusting in me to be a guest as well. Oh, always. And so, how can people reach out to you if they want to interview? <laughs> Not from their car. <laughs> well, you can always reach out to me at, you know, I'm available through my teletherapy room. I have my blog um, that I slowly add content to. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and just email me and reach out through me, reach out to me through through there. So great. Well, great, Stacey. Good luck with everything. And, and we'll have you back soon, I'm sure. Yeah, please do. Thank you so much. <laughs> I want to thank Stacy for joining us again on the podcast. She's one of our more frequent guests that we've had, and she always has wonderful things to to talk about and to and sort of bring to the discussion about telepractice. Go check her out at my teletherapy room. 
dot com, and that is her blog. And she's always um, putting new stuff up from time to time. So check out what she's doing, and we wish her continued success. And with that, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Please leave us that five star review. That helps us to get more people looking at our podcast and hopefully listening to the podcast. And with that, we'll be back again next week with a new episode. Until then, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.